What's up, folks? It is Tuesday night and back live here in the Tampa studios, of course, from the LG Sales Solutions Studio. Uh, Sunday, of course, we're over at Tampa Joe's. We had a lot of fun at Tampa Joe's. Great crowd on hand. We have at least about 175 plus inside in the bar, outside on the deck, and then on the restaurant side. And if we could fill more people in, we probably could. The rains came through, put a little damper on the game, but it's okay because we hope that the Eagles bounce back coming up this Monday against Dallas. So we shift our focus from the 49ers from this past Sunday, basically becomes Dallas week leading up until next Monday. And we'll just see how the Eagles end up prevailing in that game. Hopefully the 820 start will be just fine. Couple injuries on the home front, unfortunately for Brandon Graham. He is out for the season. Brandon Brooks also just put on the IR and the Eagles end up picking up uh, one from the Buffalo Bills practice squad. So a lot of stuff going on with the Eagles. But it's okay. Things happen. We avoided the injury bug for week one, almost week two. It got us, but it's okay. The Eagles will come back. But tonight, we're having a lot of fun as we normally do here. Uh, of course, you guys can see I'm running a little solo tonight, but it's okay. Fuji had other things to take care of, so he's off for the evening. But tonight, we do have Devin Caney on with us. And if you guys have not heard of Devin Caney, you will tonight after I fill you in with everything she has done to this point. And it's amazing. And some people with a career, whether it's short or long, but how she has moved up progressively and continues to do great things. You guys can catch her on the Eagles post game show live as soon as the game is over with Lane Johnson. Of course, far as he was been on with us, Mark Farzetta with Derek Gunn, my friend, great friend of the show here and with now Devin Caney on. So if you guys missed it this week, you can catch her on 6abc.com as soon as it's over or on the Jacob Media Sports YouTube channel that simulcast broadcasts on there, if I say that correctly. So with that all being said, let's get the show in the way. I see the comments already coming in. I'm Angel, and this is Broad Street South. Now, just so you guys can see as I bring it up here, uh, if you guys do not follow Devin Caney, you can. Where? At Devin underscore Caney on Twitter, also on our social media as I scroll on over here, where you guys can see under Devin Caney. And by the way, if it's not busy enough with what she does, like I said, the Eagles postgame show, well, there's more to her. Hot mics. And if you guys don't listen to this podcast, it's on Spotify, which I'll bring up here momentarily. It is very intuitive and is so relaxed that you feel like you're actually in the room with both Devin and Ashley, and they do a phenomenal job. So laid back. Their first interview was a lot of fun with Steve McLennan from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we'll get into that one a little bit later on because a couple of questions that I have for her as well on the, on uh, as far as her podcast. And also if you guys take a look on Spotify, wherever you download uh, any of your audio, but on Spotify under hot mics, subscribe just like I did. So you guys don't miss a thing. And with that being said, because there's so much more to talk about, I will bring on, the lady herself, it is Devin. Devin, how are you this evening? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so honored. Thank you for promoting my uh, podcast for me. Ashley and I are going to use your review now. Just like he says, it's he feels like he's in the room with us, like New York Times, but from you. So appreciate that. <laughs> God, listen, <laughs> no problem. And, and and again, thanks for coming on tonight. I do appreciate it. And and so. Your resume here, if we want to talk about it, and even on your LinkedIn profile, it's amazing. Like some people, you, you when they come on, you know, you look and, and you see the accolades, all the things that they've done. And looking at yours, it's just, 
right when you think of like, okay, here's the one thing with Mike Massinelli, we know that you were with him before. And then yeah. you start looking at all the in-between things and it just seems like it just keeps scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So I will say <laughs> congratulations on your career because you have made some pretty good leaps. I have. Yeah. And it's, it's been, um, a fun ride. I'm happy to, I mean, as you could probably tell from my resume, I've moved around quite a bit. So it's nice to be back in Philly. I've always just wanted to come back to Philly to cover Philadelphia, especially Philadelphia sports and especially, especially the Eagles. So happy to be back, happy to be, uh, covering the Eagles. Well, listen again, thanks again for at least coming back to Philly. And, and so being back in Philadelphia, because I know you had your start with the NNL, NLL, if I can say that correctly, the National Lacrosse League from yeah. Newsy in Chicago. So how how did that come apart? Or how at least how did that come together? Not apart. How did it come together? And then from there, how were you able to go over to Boise, Idaho? Because I, I again it's a laundry list of accolades that you end up having. Well, so I went from Boise to Chicago. Okay. Um, so I started in Boise, Idaho. And uh, usually when you're on air, you have to start in what's a small market. So for example, Philadelphia, Tampa, uh, they're big markets. Philadelphia is like third, third largest or fourth largest. Chicago is number three. So I'm from Boise to Chicago, where I worked for Newsy for a year. Um and then I always, I didn't work in sports. I like at Boise, I, I covered Boise State football, but it wasn't uh, my main beat. I was just, you know, general news. Um, and I always knew I wanted to work in sports. I've always, I'm from Philly and from outside Philly. I've always been a diehard Philly sports fan. So then this opportunity with the National Lacrosse League opened up and they're based out of Philadelphia. So while it wasn't necessarily covering Philly sports, it was a really cool job in sports in Philadelphia. Um, so I kind of took that and figured, you know, I think I can turn this into finding my way into the Philadelphia sports media market. And um, a couple years later, I feel like I'm finally starting to do that. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun. Listen, it, it's, it's exciting to hear because it obviously from you and Ashley covering it on again on hot mics from the NLL and then the PLL and listening to again to a lot of the podcasts, it's, and you also covered the Philadelphia Wings. I believe you still do to today, if I remember correctly. I do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do. So being now seeing obviously lacrosse from football and, and kind of somewhat little similarities because you have to be tough on both ends, obviously in the NFL and you have to as well with the lacrosse league. Mm -hmm. What to you, do you like them both equally or do you prefer lacrosse over the NFL? No, I, the, I mean, I prefer the NFL. <laughs> I love lacrosse. It's so much fun and it's fun covering such a quickly growing sport, whether it's the NLL or PLL or even at a college high school level. Um, and the NLL, for anyone tuning in who doesn't know, is box lacrosse, which uh, in my opinion is a lot more exciting than what most people know as field lacrosse um, that's usually played here in the States. Box lacrosse is essentially just NHL rules like ice hockey indoors. So here in Philly, uh, the Wings play at the Wells Fargo Center, which is where the Flyers Sixers play, obviously. So um, it's a really fast and exciting game, but I love football. I don't think anything will ever top football, especially the NFL for me. Right. Well, it, and listen, and all of us, for the most part, it's the same way too. And I think for Philly fans, and it's funny because one of my coworkers, Mark, you know, he he kind of teases when I said if if you grew up in a city. Uh, as far as in Philadelphia, just like they do in New York, you, know, you hear the song that if, you know, if you're if you're from New York, you can basically make it anywhere. 
Philly is very tough skin. Like you have to have a lot of tough skin when you're a player, you're coming into the league uh, and any of the major sports. So it's not just with the Eagles, any of the four, four sports in, in Philadelphia, you have to have tough skin. We've seen guys come here, have failed, move on to other teams and won championships. So yeah. again, like when it comes to lacrosse here, the Philadelphia wings is tough. So we've seen them. It, it's a different culture when it comes to the NFL, the NFL, obviously it, it can make or break you. And with mm -hmm. the Eagles, it's the same exact way. And, and we've seen Doug Peterson, unfortunately, he's gone. I The more and more stories are coming out that he didn't agree with the analytics and other things. And it's a shame because the way Doug came in here, obviously winning a Super Bowl championship that we've all been waiting for for many years, you know, clinched that in, in 2017, Super Bowl 52 that we'll never forget. But Doug didn't want to go out the way he did. Now, enter Nick Sirianni here from the Indianapolis Colts. Week one looked amazing. And I personally been on another show and I said that we we're going to lose towards Atlanta, but I felt the wind coming in for week one. And thankfully we did. So then you look at San Francisco and it's almost one of those things like, okay, there's a good probability here. We can end up taking San Francisco. The Eagles should be able to be to, to at least fare well against uh, the 49ers. First half looked amazing. Second half, not so much. And we're hearing stories that Nick kind of, I don't want to say wasn't prepared, but I guess for plays that he wanted to make didn't exactly go the way he had planned. So I don't know what the feeling was like with Lane Johnson afterwards. I know I caught a, a piece of it when you guys were talking to him, but I don't think the frustration was there that we've seen in years past with this team, because again, it's all brand new coaches, uh, some new guys obviously on, on the squad as well. And we're learning about Nick. So is should be, should we be worried? And I'm kind of going back and forth here a little bit, but should we be worried going to week three versus Dallas? Or is it one of those things, obviously, during practice, they'll tweak a little bit more so at least it can be competitive uh, this Monday night against the Cowboys? I hope that they tweak some. Um, I love Nick Sirianni. I love his energy. I loved what I saw from him uh, in game one. I think in game two, he, thank you. I'm happy to be home, David Harris. Um, <laughs> I think I didn't love his play calling in any quarter of the game against the 49ers, especially at the end of the second quarter. Um, I think he's a little bit excitable. He's a rookie head coach, so it's understandable. Like, I am going to give him this one. I think the Eagles are such a young team coached by a rookie coaching staff uh, playing a very seasoned 49ers team. And I think the fact that we were able to hold them to 17 points and really should have won the game. If you look at all the amounts of times that we almost scored or we should have scored and didn't because of not being able to convert in the red zone or play calling, like I think it's very fixable issues. Um, I hope that they can fix it by Monday. I, I definitely think they'll fix it over time, is the question is, will they fix it in the next six days? We'll find right. out. So I'm, I'm nervous for the Cowboys game for sure. Um, but I'm optimistic that they will make the changes that they need to. I don't think everybody's seen that. Obviously, Zeke Elliott, when they, they kept talking about during the offseason, and the last time that we heard, once again, was Zeke Elliott, that he was in the most perfect shape of his NFL career was when he was a holdout and decided to do the whole Mexico thing and hang out there and wait for his contract and so on and so forth. He comes back and has not so much of a stellar year after that big signing contract. Since then, it's been the same way for Zeke. And then this year we hear that he's in the best shape of his career all over again, just like we heard just a few years ago. And Zeke's still not performing, not that we're complaining in Philly, but Zeke's still not performing the way that he should be performing. 
So the running game still for Dallas, is it's pretty good. I can't knock as far as their offense. Obviously, Dak Prescott coming back, which I believe, in my own opinion, Dak Prescott will be your player of the year, player comeback of the year. Uh, again, in my own opinion, just the way his injuries, how he bounced back, how he's played. And they played a good game against Tampa. Obviously, here week one, uh, opening in Tampa against the Bucs. And almost end up, you know, going toe to toe, which for the most part they did with the Bucks. And then last week, close enough to almost lose another one, but squeaked it by with the late field goal at the, at the very end of the game. So I think the matchup between Dak and Jalen Hurts, to me, it looks pretty good. Even though the numbers for obviously for Jalen dropped just a little bit, it wasn't too bad. About as far as I think it might have been about fifty yards or so between. Uh, week one, it was 264 yards. Week two, 190 yards. So not not that much of a big difference, except for the running out of the pocket and running more for his life than he did in week one. And I think the adjustments that we hope to see and the end of the 49ers game, as far as on the second half, the end of the third going into the fourth, Jalen was flushed more out of the pocket that we saw over on week one for the 49ers. So I'm hoping, the again, with the new defensive back coach, that we'll see the defense step up a lot better this game than what we saw in the 49ers. So I don't know how you're feeling as far as the defense from what we saw from week one to week two, but what you, at least in your opinion, what do we expect here in week three going against Dallas? Well, I feel like it almost like switched, right? Like the de the defense concerned me a bit, especially in the first half of our game against the Falcons. And then I thought that against the 49ers, our defense really kept us in the game. Um, especially I think, in the first quarter, they had three, three and outs in a row against the 49ers. Right. Um, I am very concerned that Brandon Graham is no longer with us. Um, Amari Cooper and who I think is, is he might be questionable. I don't know if he's going to play. I, I hope he doesn't. Um, CD lamb scares me a lot. Um, so I think if our defense does what they did against the 49ers, we'll be in okay shape. I We've yet to see a turnover from the Eagles defense, and I think that we are far past overdue. I was like praying for a turnover at the end of that 49ers game, didn't get one. So hoping for more of that. But um, otherwise, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Again, like not having Brandon Graham is a concern. And like, I'm not going to lie. I hate the Cowboys, but I'm also, I can't lie and say I feel super confident going into this game on Monday. It's, it's pretty stressful. Right. No, it's true. And by the way, Rick, good friend of the show here. He says that you need to come down to Tampa Joe's to get the field of Philly to South and Philly to South, by the way, it's, so it's the team, the home away from home team, Mike Klein, who's the president and CEO of the club for 26 years, uh, which we call the official fan club of Broad Street South. It's, mm -hmm. It truly is definitely like if, if you were to leave Philly, and, and I would say it's pretty close to Chicken and Pete's, you can come down an amazing place. Every Philadelphia Eagle fan you can find in the Tampa, Sarasota, you know, even southern uh, southern parts of Florida, they make the trip up to uh, Tampa, to Tampa Joe's. And it, it's a lot of fun because it, it feels like you, I mean, it, it's the same chance, the same nonsense. Obviously, not to a 700 level. Well, we'll give it more like 100 level. So we don't go that that crazy. But still, all in all, it's a lot of fun. So if you ever make it down here to Tampa, Tampa Joe is a place to go for a Sunday game. And during the season, obviously, it would be hard for you because you have the Eagles post-game show. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a lot of fun. But the reason why I also bring up uh, earlier between Zeke and the Bucks, uh, on your – I'm going to flip back here a little bit to your uh, Hot Mics, your podcast. So yeah. you were able to talk to Steve McLennan from uh, mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, end up winning the Super Bowl. And you asked him the question as far as when it came to Tom Brady. And I, I wouldn't expect anything less when he talked about Tom Brady 
and how much of he is, you know, the greatest of all time, how he always goes into every single game prepared. He wants to win. The whole mentality is that he's looking to win that ring at the end of the year. The flip side to it was, which I didn't expect when you and Ashley were talking to him, was that his son got into lacrosse yeah. and knew nothing about the game. And it's amazing how quickly he adapted to it and how much his dad was surprised about his own son learning about the game and now pretty much excelling uh, with the lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why we had him on. Um, because I know a- Ashley's another uh, reporter in the lacrosse field, um, as am I, I'm kind of do a crossover between Philly sports and lacrosse these days, but, uh, we try to talk to media members, athletes who have some connection to the lacrosse world and C. McClendon does in that he runs his own training facility. Um, but out of that facility, he also trains his son and his son's teammates in lacrosse because his son got really into lacrosse. And, uh, I think it just goes to show how quickly lacrosse is growing. Um, I mean, in the United States, at least, lacrosse is a spring sport. Um, and it's really outpacing baseball by by a mile, by miles, I should say, um, in terms of growth. And Steve's son got into it. And Steve spoke to us. I mean, if you listen, like you can hear a casual plug here, listen to hot mics. I believe it's episode one. We have Steve McClendon on. It was like, yeah. I think like the, the Monday after or Tuesday after they won the Super Bowl was when we had him on. So it was like very fresh. Um, and Steve loves, loves the game. And I think that just goes to show why the sport of lacrosse is growing so quickly. Um, once you learn it, uh, whether you're playing or watching, uh, with Steve, he's kind of a mix of both because he's playing and training with his sons, but also watching. Um, it it really is a lot of fun. And it also is fun because to athletes, because it combines a lot of different skills from different sports. Like it does have some football in it. Some people compare it to basketball. I compare it to ice hockey. Um, but Steve compares it to football and and he loves it. So it's really fun to see. And his son's apparently pretty good. So we'll see. Maybe he'll be playing in the NLL someday. Who knows? Yep, who knows? But I, the one thing I did like what Steve had to say, and it's it's amazing to me because, again, just like your resume, it, it's amazing how he talked about, again, his son and, and how he didn't put his son, I don't want to say on a pedestal so much, but we talked about if his son was going to be in it, he was going to be in it, meaning he was going to, now you're going to be, you know, on a regimen. You're going to get up at, at 545. You're going to hit the gym before you go to school. And he, and he had all these things worked out. And then with him telling his son, and I think it's a, the biggest thing that I took away from that episode was when he stated that he didn't want his son basically to be in his shadows. Like he didn't want to be, you know, don't be Steve McClendon's son. You be you. Start your own legacy. Start your yeah. own path. And that to me, that's something you rarely hear from almost any NFL player. Not saying that they don't. But it's nice to hear how much he wanted to, to believe in his son and how much he pushed himself and then learning himself, like, you know, grabbing a book, learning about the games and then his son being, <laughs> bless you, <laughs> but his son uh, learning how to play. And then he he was signed by, uh, I don't want to say by away team. I know there was um, not a getaway team, traveling team. That's the word I was looking for. So he got signed by a traveling team and then he was on board with it. And and so it was it was great to hear some things that, again, the NFL players, I know like when the offseason comes around, they want to enjoy life, you know, take that break away from the NFL. But it was nice to hear how much he appreciated his son by this new sport, how his son being accepted for it. And then how he talked about it as far as it, obviously because in, in lacrosse, 
we know there isn't, as far as the black community, there isn't a lot in lacrosse, but that's the one thing that he loved about his Sunday. He, he decided to take on a challenge to become a lacrosse player. And then hopefully it would break barriers where more, more guys want to come in and play lacrosse from different ethnicities. So I, I thought that whole conversation was pretty neat by you guys. And again, if, if you guys didn't hear hot mics on Spotify, check it out, like, and subscribe. It, it, it's, you can literally sit down and just hearing it because I, I didn't realize also you can you can see the visual of it as well. But just listening to you and Ashley, again, it's amazing how comfortable it is and how much fun you guys have. Not just that episode. In the other episodes, how you guys just cut it up. You talk to the CEO of, oh, good Lord, co-founder, CEO of Sports Analytics. I think it was called Stathletes. Oh, <laughs> Megan Chica. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. so- I'm not going to ask the question because as you guys said, everybody always ends up asking the question, <laughs> but the one question that I did have, because mm -hmm. Ashley kind of put you on the spot on, and, and by the way, if you guys want to listen to the episode, listen to the very end, because there's little nuggets at the very end of it. But I do remember when Ashley made you make a choice and she stated about your mom and dad and which one did you like more? So I'm wondering, did your dad have <laughs> to listen to the episode? <laughs> I don't think he listened to it, honestly. Right. My dad's very technological. My my parents are so loyal. It's so cute. Like everything I do, they watch. Like my dad, I think there's a billboard up uh, in Philly for our post game show, and my dad like took a picture of it and like sent it to all of his friends and like posted on Facebook because that's what dads do. Right. But I don't think my dad knows how to work Spotify. So luckily for me, I don't think he heard that. My mom definitely heard it though. Cause I remember she made a joke to me about it. Um, but yeah, the Ashley, Ashley loves to, to give me a hard time with that, questions like that. <laughs> yeah, but that's right. Cause again, listen, it, it's good when you have good friends and, and obviously you can hear with you guys and that as you talk about Canada and, and COVID, how you guys were able to travel and not be able to travel. So, and yeah. I think that's what makes it unique about your show because the, First of all, the intro, how you and Ashley bring up uh, between the quick music intro and then how you guys talk about what's about to happen in the episode. But I like the way you describe it because, again, it's like if you guys met for coffee, and I'm trying to paint the picture for those who are going to listen to the audio download of the show, but it's almost like if, if you and Ashley met at a coffee shop and you talk about real quick about what you guys are going to talk about within the show, then you bring on the guests and, and you hear about the guests and then you end it. And it's, it's just, it's a, such a smooth transition. And when you have multiple guests on, it's pretty neat how, again, you end it and you don't even realize like the, the guest is already done because then you talk about real quick what's going to happen here with the next guest. And then you have, like I said, the little nuggets at the very end. So uh, very good job by you and Ashley. It, it's so unique. And I think it's so different from what everyone else has out there. So uh, kudos to you guys. Thank you. Appreciate good. that. You're welcome. No problem. So, and I, I will, since, uh, good Lord, I want to remember the name again, the football player that came on. Chris Hogan. Eagles. Yeah. So the, as, as I think it was Chris, I could be wrong, but I think it was Chris or no, I'm sorry. Am I oh, Mike Golick? No, Mike. I do have that one for Mike though. No. Who was the other There was another, another gentleman from the, I think from the NLL. Was he a coach? I don't know. I know what he had mentioned without you guys saying anything that it, that if he went to any other podcast that you guys were the best podcast that and without being scripted like you guys didn't ask for anything oh, that else. Was, yeah, that was Chris Hogan. Yeah, so I I will. We say didn't my, ask him to say that either. <laughs> no, but it was that's what I mean. It was pretty amazing. But that's how you can tell when you have when you can touch someone like that with that kind of an impact without you guys being like harsh or anything else. 
it, it's amazing. Like he just came out and said, I was like, wow, that's pretty deep because you never hear that from a podcast. So I will yeah. tell you as a listener and everyone else, if you guys want to listen to the best podcast out there, please listen to and subscribe to hot mics because the ladies do an amazing job. So I will tell you that much. And the same thing with Mike Golick. Now, the one thing that threw me off with Mike was uh-huh. you, you forget how much him and his dad sound identical as far I as talking. I know. So when he was describing about Taylor Swift, you guys were getting into that Swifty conversation, which is pretty funny. And uh, all the things that they were naming it, when he said, you know, I'm 31, the same age as her. I literally looked at my radio like, wait, what? He's not 31. <laughs> oh, oh, you thought it was the senior. Yeah. yeah because no. the voice, again, it, it's an identical voice. So it's hard from junior to senior. But I used to listen to a show when I worked in, uh, when I was back home in Philly, I had to get up at, or I had to be at work at 2.30 in the morning. So I did used to hear a show from four to six in the morning, his start. And then obviously he's grown as well. But it, it's, to me, it was just, it's amazing with Mike Gola because it's like senior and junior, it's, it's identical with the voices. It's amazing. So that, that was the only part that threw me off. When he said he was 31, like, wait, dad's not, he's like in his 50. Oh yeah, it's junior. He's talking about it. So, but again, yeah. it, it's, they're interesting conversations and it's a lot of fun. So everybody, please check it out because it, and that, by the way, on social media, please, uh, on Instagram, follow it. So you guys, one, don't miss the episode. And two, you can catch like little screenshots of, of the episodes or the people they have on their show. So uh, again, if I haven't said enough, please do so. Cause it's, it's an amazing show. So I do appreciate um, it. I do. I want to address a comment that just caught my eye from Joey, if that's okay. You, he asked, sure. uh, while I was in Boise, did I ever do, did I ever meet, uh, the tea retrieving dog at Boise state games? Yes. My favorite story I ever did when I worked in Boise was on the tea retrieving dog. I honestly am upset with myself that I forget his name right now, but he was so cute. Uh, I know it changes sometimes, but at the time, I don't know if it's the same. It was like a black lab mix um, and he was so well behaved. And I'm pretty sure I remember like posting the story and it, it that was like one of the only stories I ever did that went viral when I lived in Boise. So yes, I did meet him and he was lovely. <laughs> I know he had a, uh, apparently a follow-up question. He says, does McCullen sleep in a parking lot in the Overcare Center? <laughs> uh, you know, he might. He might. That man works very hard, um, but I'm pretty sure he goes home and sleeps in an actual bed. Can't be sure, though. Well, then, uh, sorry. Nope. Joey had – sorry, the one here from Rick. Rick says, what's your most memorable moment in your career? Ooh. Um, ooh. I don't know if I have one. Well, I think like it, it depends by what you mean on memorable. Like I think working in news, like I said, I didn't work in sports news in specific until I moved to Philly. Um, so when I was working in news news, like you report on a lot of tragedy. Um, so like that's memorable, but not in a good way. Uh, right. But I think right now is probably the peak of my career at the moment, hopefully not like the peak ever, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what my most memorable moment would be. Sorry. That's a bad answer. No, no, it's fine. Uh, Mike says, could we send you a, a Philly to South t-shirt on the house? <laughs> yes. I would be honored. I would be yeah. honored. That's uh that's Mike. It was all, listen, again, you, you'll have to, I would hate to say that I have to record like a, a almost like a Tampa Joe's episode because you don't you're not going to be able to to get the opportunity to see it obviously because of of working the post game show but one day you'll have to come down check it out we'll have 
Yeah, we'll bring everybody in. We'll we'll just play a game on the TV so you can see exactly how the okay. house is. We'll and recreate how... it. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> just just when you end up coming down, but listen, it, it's again you get to to work with different people, and I know mm. you get to work with Mark Farzetta right now and and Derek Gunn again, both good friends of the show. Uh, Mark's been here. Mark's been on with us at least about three times. Derek Gunn's coming up uh, with us again. Uh, for the third time, and Derek Gunn for years, I follow him on Twitter, and we we kind of mm-hmm. went back and forth, and then ended up growing into a friendship, and 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 beyond honored that I'm even friends with D Gunn because just an amazing man, and it seems like just like Mark Farzetta, these guys they don't sleep. I mean, it, it's a constant work. Oh, we yeah, asked Mark yeah. not too long ago about do you ever sleep, and he said, yeah, I, I guess you know for a minute. And then he turned around and said, no, I don't sleep. My wife yells at me because I don't sleep, but. <laughs> You know, when you have a career and and when you're away from TV and now everybody's like pretty much switching over to the podcast side of the world, you know, it's it's a constant job. Like I have my full-time job throughout the day, but I'm up before I start my job so I can work a little bit here in the studio, then eight hour day, come home by five, then I'm back in the studio till about eleven thirty at night and then prepping things up for the next show. So mm-hmm. it it's work by great people. And obviously, like you and Ashley with, with your show as well. Now you with 6abc.com and especially with Jacob uh Media Sports. The the preparation that it takes for you to get for get ready for the show. Is that something that's discussed amongst the three or four of you guys? And how do you plan for it? How do you prepare for it? And obviously, is is there a lot of game footage that you're watching so that you know you're prepared here by the end of the game? Uh, well, that's the cool thing about post-game shows, right? Like there's not a lot we have to do to prepare because we go on air two to three minutes as soon as the game ends. And that's what we're watching to prepare. We just watch the game and uh, we have like a group chat and like chat on Slack, which is like an instant messenger app for work. But like we never, we don't actually plan out exactly what we're going to talk about because it's just whatever happens in the game and you can't really prep for that. If we're going to prep, it'd be three minutes before we went on air. So there's not really any point there. Um, so no, um, we, there's not like a ton of prep that's involved. That's what I love about doing live TV, live radios. You can't really prepare that much. Like if, as long as you know your stuff, you just have to be ready to, to answer whatever questions or topics come your way. Right. And uh, by the way, Mike says what size? Um, medium. Okay. All right, Mikey. So there's your answer, Mike. Now, with working back in, as you just talked about radio, so you had the opportunity of working with Mike Missinelli. We know that Mike Missinelli has been a staple in Philadelphia for many, many years. There's been many shows that try to come in to, com- to compete with Mike. But Mike, he's just like Howard Eskin. When Howard Eskin was on in the morning, and I mean, just been around for many years. So you have, and, and he's on, by the way, tonight with uh, Seth Joyner, which again, another guest we had on the show here. But Mike, Mikey Miss, everybody knows you know, he, he can be harsh, he can be hard, uh, but there is a softer side as well to Mike Missinelli. I, I was able to see w- one time his softer side when I was up there at 97.5 at the Fanatic. That's when James Seltzer and uh, Brandon Lee Gowden was, uh, was over there and uh, along with John Barchard. So I, I got to see him and probably in an unusual spot that most people probably wouldn't see. But Mikey being around for many, many years – how was it working with him? And and probably what was the most outraged that you ever seen, Mike? Um, I, honestly, I love Mike. I him and Tyrone. Um, they before that, I knew Tyrone just from we were like social media friends. Um, mm-hmm. he was never anything but kind to me. 
Um, but Mike was always kind of this figure like who, you know, like, like what you just said, he has a reputation of being tough. And um, I was kind of scared going into that, especially my first day. And he walks in the first day and like greets me, shakes my hand. And he's the nicest person. Um, I was never like scared or worried about what, if I said something wrong on the show or off the show. Um, so yeah, I think like when it comes to sports talk radio, uh, people want to disagree. People want to get in arguments. So he's good at his job. And so is Tyrone in that sense. But um, not everyone is the way that they're perceived on air, I guess I'll, right. I'll say. No, that is true because we've seen other people that that have been radio personalities in Philly. And I mean, it, it's been what you a lot of times hear on the radio. It's not followed a lot of times on the streets. Unless, listen, if you poke the bear, then I don't know what else to tell you because we've seen it in Philly. Philly, it's it's just it's a tough city. It's just the way it is. But we know that it makes you tough for a reason because you, you this, again, you have to have tough skin mentally you have to be tough. I mean, there's so many things going to place, but it also makes you more successful. It makes you push even harder. It makes you do things twice as hard because you know, and, and to be successful again, you can go through any other city, but if you go through Philadelphia, it's just, it, I don't know. It's hard to put in words, but it's just to focus the attention to detail. Everything that you have to do is like during the military. It's it, almost like in the same structure. I mean, Chicago is the same way too. Chicago is another tough city. Um, Seattle from what I hear is as well. I mean, they have, obviously there are tons of blue collar workers and obviously our friends from, uh, from the North, because it's the same way too. I mean, it, anywhere you go to, you, you want to make the best out of your own self. Mikey Miss obviously has proven that for many, many years in Philadelphia. I think when he goes off air, that timeline, it was almost like when Oprah, when Oprah went off air, that four o'clock slot has never been filled the same since she's been gone. And now with Mikey Miss, you look at someone who's iconic in Philly and and we lost just you know big daddy graham not too long ago as well but those are our guys and and we hope mikey miss doesn't leave that way but when he gets ready to retire it, it's going to be missed on the airways because you you get to listen to certain radio personalities certain people on tv and you miss that because you become almost like family without obviously being family so I, i'm i'm glad at least that you had the opportunity of working with mikey miss and i'm pretty sure he appreciated everything you did for him as well yeah yeah it was a blast uh, Rick says, have to get going, but I think Devin's uh, next post game show should be at Tammy Joe's on Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen, I, I don't want to keep you too long and I know you have other things to do as well. And I, I do appreciate you coming on here. So obviously being Dallas week, we hope that obviously the Eagles fare out well coming out with uh, Dallas or traveling into Dallas. I did say this year, it's going to be split. I would hope, and I'm hoping that the Eagles go to Dallas and take care of business. But the good thing is that the Eagles come back later in the season against the Cowboys after I believe the bye week because we got a really late bye week for the Eagles this year. And I think it it impedes them more. Oh, and by the way, I do want to ask. Uh, John has a question here. John, I'll get to your your questions. I I don't forget about the cigar thing. So John, give me a second. But uh, before I get to th that one, Carson Wentz. God bless the guy. Ankles. Another injury to Carson Wentz. And, and I know he wanted to leave Philly. He wanted to go to Indy. He wanted to do the right things over there. And man, if that injury bug does not leave Carson Wentz. <laughs> Honestly, like I want him to stay healthy enough that we get that draft pick. But also, I mean, good riddance, Carson Wentz. I don't want to sound insensitive, yeah. but like no, I did not appreciate what he did to the team. 
uh, to the city to like, I was not hurt to see him go. Um, sucks that the Colts yeah. have to deal with it now. It's not our problem anymore. <laughs> I guess see, until the draft. <laughs> no, but it's true. See, you're thinking the same way the rest of us are too, because you got to think about it. If you're an Indianapolis Colts fan and you think, oh, okay, here, and I'm pretty sure there was half of them that said, oh my God, we really don't want him here, but I guess we have no choice because he's here. Now you're 0-2. Carson Wentz is hurt, and it's like, okay, so who are you going to bring up next? A lot of people keep saying, why don't you take out Nick Foles away from Chicago, send him over to Indy, but that magic doesn't happen twice. And obviously mm -hmm. Nick Sirianni found that one out when he had that botch Philly special play this past Sunday. So let's hope that he doesn't go down that road again. But John Goose here, uh, great friend of the show, also my media partner out in Limburg, Pennsylvania. He says that you have an open invitation to visit a Goose Pond studio and Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge in Limerick, Pennsylvania. So yeah, matter of fact. Thank you. I'm that, honored. That's true. <laughs> Listen, that's true. If you want to do a post game show, uh, just hinting out there, I'll be back home week four for the KC game. So you know, if you need a place to to do the post game show from, you can go to the beautiful studio that we have up there, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Goose did a fantastic job. Him and Robert, so the open invite is there. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. I uh, just really enjoy listening. Uh, with the miss, uh, Mikey miss obviously has passion for what he does. Just like, ain't, uh, thank you. <laughs> God, I, I yeah. try. <laughs> Lord knows I try. And Joey B says, keep up the great work, Devin. Uh, great sending here on Broad Street South for everyone else. Uh, again, don't want to keep Devin here too long, but Devin, thank you so much for coming on with us again tonight. Yeah. You appreciate Thanks it. for having me. Loved it. Anytime you need me back and, uh, let me know when you're, when you're here, maybe we'll do the post game show from the cigar lounge. We'll see. Yeah. That would be fantastic because then, you know, then Goose and I would be like kids. We'd just you know, be standing around because my lovely producer, she's coming up also as well for uh, the first time experience in Philly. She's from Illinois. Of course, a lot of people like to say Illinois, but she corrected me when I said it. But she's from uh, originally outside of the Chicago area, but she knows it, kind of like what to expect from the city. So it'll be interesting when she comes up there for the first time to get to see everything that happens. But She'll be in the studio, but yeah, we'll, we'll end up making it happen. And and thank you for saying you end up coming back on because I would love to have you back on as well. Uh, everyone else, let me see the one more comment that came up here before I end up closing out the show. And there's your uh, there's okay. a response there from John. <laughs> so, uh, from Goose. And by the way, everyone, uh, Thursday night we'll be off. We'll be back uh, Monday night, sorry, for the Dallas game. We'll be on at 7.30 prior to the game starting. Uh, hopefully, maybe Fuji will be back. I know he has uh, family emergencies he had to deal with, so it could be a possibility that Fuji may be off for a couple of weeks. Uh, so God bless Fuji and his family. Um, along with, we will have Tarika on next Tuesday. So we'll get into some WNBA talk. We'll talk about her uh, affiliation here with ESPN Podcast, the amazing show she does, and that lady does not stop all day long on Twitter because self-promotion is always a good thing, but when you work for ESPN, it also kind of helps out a little bit more as well. So, uh, Devin, thank you for coming on again. Thank we do appreciate you. it. Thanks for having me. For everyone else, and hang out there if you don't mind for a minute. Uh, everyone else, have a great night, and we will see you on Monday night. Mm -hmm.